welcome to the Stuff Podcast. I'm Toby Shapshack and I'm joined by Craig Wilson, the dashing and cavalier editor of Stuff Magazine, to talk about the big trends in technology this week. And of course, the biggest news is once again a Facebook scandal. If uh, anyone thought Facebook's Annus Horribilis of 2018 was over, well, the New York Times has got other ideas for you and again has broken a huge story about what's going on inside Facebook. Remember, they were the people who told us about Facebook hiring an opposition research firm to dig up dirt on George Soros. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the people who've told us a whole bunch of the other terrible scandals Facebook's done. And this time they have revealed that Facebook intends to integrate Messenger with WhatsApp, with Instagram, so that you can message anyone across all of these platforms. On the face of it, it seems like a very user-friendly thing to do, but actually it has everybody screaming as if the hair was on fire because it represents a massive sea change in communication. I mean, it's unprecedented. Overall, all of these apps have 2.6 billion users, but it also has major privacy concerns and anti-competitive concerns. Sure. Well, I mean, part of the problem here is that what we're looking at is uh, trying to figure out how this is going to work and what it's going to look like. Because one of the upshots of WhatsApp is its professed end-to-end encryption, suggesting that, you know, no one intercepting communications would be able to make sense of them. That sort of privacy and protection hasn't extended to Instagram and even to Facebook's own messenger traditionally. Of course, I think what people are worried about is saying, well, by um, amalgamating these sources or making them, you know, interoperable, first, you've got to you've got to bring this uh, level of encryption to each, but also that it just provides Facebook with another uh, trove of uh, data to mine to use to better, better service ads. Uh, so I guess the question is how this is actually going to play out. And the suggestion is that they're looking into it and that it may take as much as a year before we actually see it roll down but you can certainly understand the appeal to it. Yes, and, and it is, you know, it's 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 yet another example of the evolution of Facebook towards something that was never the original idea. Uh, some of the US lawmakers are already saying this is deeply problematic. You know, had had they known this was kind of integration would happen, it would have had very different antitrust or anti-competitive concerns when the launches or the, the purchases were made. And uh, Instagram was 2000. 2012, WhatsApp 2014. Had this been on the radar then, US congressmen already saying they would have thought about it differently. And it's it's quite uh, it's quite a thing, isn't it? Because suddenly 2.6 billion, I'm not so good with math, so I can't tell you what a percentage of the 7 billion people that is, but it's lots, <laughs> are looking to one company to provide all of their communication. I mean, that is in of itself really terrifying. Well, I mean, rather one company is looking to provide all of their communication for them. You know, the thing is just that users uh, by default are using these services. I mean, we've obviously been talking a lot on the, on the site and in the office about alternatives, about how to move away from some of these uh, services. You know, I've seen people talking about moving to Visco from Instagram for a different sort of uh, community, you know, photography community, uh, moving from WhatsApp to alternatives like uh, the Russian run Telegram or uh, Signal. I know Signal's particularly popular with uh, the sort of journalistic sorts or those who want to ensure the um, privacy of uh, sources. Um, You know, there is certainly this pushback, but of course the thing is, you know, for a lot of people, they're just going to continue using these services, understandably. They're incredibly convenient and incredibly pervasive. Indeed. I mean, it's been my New Year's resolution to move off WhatsApp to Telegram and Signal. Uh, I've certainly moved most of my family towards Telegram. I've mm. uh, internally stuff, as, stuff was originally on Telegram. We went to WhatsApp and now we've all gone back to Telegram as a messaging app.
that. I just think that there's danger signs, and I, and I, I don't I don't think anyone's reading my messages. I do think WhatsApp is encrypted end to end, as as they say. It certainly mm. uses the, the underlying infrastructure from Signal um, to use uh, their encryption. But I just I just don't trust Facebook. I mean, Facebook has been sued by European watchdogs, privacy watchdogs, multiple times because they've said a whole bunch of things that have proved to be untrue, which is they can't separate the WhatsApp data from the Facebook data, which everybody goes, <coughs> bullshit. Um, <laughs> Quite, yeah. You know, so that's a real issue in terms of can you trust a company that every single time it makes a major significant blunder says, the CEO stands up and says, it's my fault. Uh, we never envisaged it like this. It was a dorm room project. Look at where we are. It just doesn't wash anymore. 15 years later, the same excuses, the same, gee, gosh, was that us? Sure. It just doesn't work when you are the biggest communication network in the world and your revenue is in the tens of billions of dollars. You can't use the same example uh, excuses that you have over and over and over. And it's, it's truly remarkable, I think, in, in the history of a company that's made so many mistakes that the CEO hasn't fallen on his sword. And that's because Mark Zuckerberg, apart from coming up with the biggest communication network in the world, has also worked out how to re- retain control mm. through his share structure. Mm. So no one can fire him because he owns more shares than them. We continue to have such good faith about Google where we don't about Facebook. And I think it just talks to the way these companies have operated respectively that, you know, Google arguably knows at least as much, if not more. But Way, way more. There's, you know, I maintain to some extent uh, a bit of healthy suspicion, um, suspicion, but by and large, a fairly warm and moderately fuzzy feeling towards Google uh, that I don't have for Facebook at all. I think that's how everybody feels. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I think Google has got much more damaging information than about us. We use Gmail. We use their search engine. We use Android. There's a whole bunch of stuff that is, makes me what just... What we watch on YouTube, what we take pictures of in Google Exactly, photos, exactly. Yeah. But uh, this we are is, at any given this moment. Is, <laughs> this is a one This is a one company show. You know, we're just going to rain on, we're just on, gonna on, rain on, on Facebook, on Facebook <laughs> this episode. Sure. Next episode, we'll turn our attention to other people. You'll probably <laughs> notice that the sound quality of this episode is significantly better. We are using very fancy new microphones from Sennheiser. They are the E835 microphones and they are the same microphones I'm told that the sports presenters use on a sports field. So we're as good equipment as sports presenters, if not as much knowledge (laughs) as your average sports presenter. And certainly Um, not as handsome. Definitely not, nor are we former sportsmen, either of us. Um, But this is a significant uh, increase in sound quality, which we hope you appreciate. Anyway, and in other news, while we're talking about Instagram and Facebook and so on, uh, there's a very short uh, story in the last week or so, which was that it's now possible to share uh, what you're watching on Netflix via Instagram stories. Now, I mean, I was, you know, whelmed at the news, but I know that some people were quite excited about it. And I guess this also just speaks to the growth of this sort of interoperability. You know, we've been talking about uh, what came out of uh, CES or thinking about it a lot. And one of the sort of key themes, I think, uh, that we noticed was lots and lots of companies playing uh, better with one another's tech. So, you know, we had the announcement that Samsung, LG, Sony, and others are going to uh, support Apple's AirPlay 2 in their forthcoming uh, televisions. And, you know, this this sort of cross-pollination or the um, the ongoing introduction of Alexa from Amazon or Google's Home Assistant into just about anything, including uh, bizarrely a so-called smart toilet. Um, no, that's really my highlight of CS. $7,000. No, no. There's a $9,000 all black model that most people fail to pick up on, oh, I see. which is deeply and profoundly exciting because, well, it's a black version of the toilet that has a built-in Alexa speaker. I mean, really, it's not so onerous. 
dangerous. Well, what I like though is that it's version two of it. So they're calling it the number two smart toilet. <laughs> Clearly they didn't think this through. Anyway, so that's a, that's a brief one for you. Netflix coming to Instagram stories. Uh, so you can tell people what you're, what you're binge watching. Um, we've also had some news, of course, out of Samsung. So the Samsung's big launch of the S10 is nearing. Uh, that's going to be announced on the 20th of February. And of course, it's, you know, it has the same sort of anticipation that comes with a new iPhone launch. Pretty sure from the leaks, there are going to be three versions of the S10. So we're expecting a regular, a large and some sort of light version, a bit like the Huawei light versions of their flagships they've been putting out. Um, the most recent uh, rumors out of the mill are that it's going to have a built-in cryptocurrency wallet, which seems extremely uh, niche to me. Um, and that instead of a notch, Samsung, of course, uh, on their high-end phones have avoided the notch um, to date. Instead of a notch, we're going to have a hole punch display, which uh, is exactly what it sounds like. It looks like a small hole punched out of the corner of the display that you pop the camera in. What's going to be interesting is what they're going to do for biometrics. Are we still going yes. to see a, a fingerprint sensor on the back? Are we going to see an in-display fingerprint sensor like Huawei has been packing into its most recent devices? I think it'd be nice if for once not everything leaked before the launch, but I realize it's absolutely naive to think that'll be the case. Yes, I mean, it, we, we live in an age where pretty much by the time the product launches, we know what's going to be in it. i got to say, and, I, and I'm a big fan of the Samsung Galaxy devices, they really are quite spectacular. In general, about the, the industry, this like one-upmanship, first came the notch, then came the mini notch, now we've got the punch hole. You know, it's more and more ways of, of differentiating handsets that frankly all look like a black rectangle glass, sure. beautiful glass you know and I, I I have this conversation I'm sure you do as well people say I can never have a cover I don't want to sully the look of my phone with a cover mm. and then they drop it once and suddenly they're all sullying their phones cover. yeah I have a small child so <laughs> covers are natural and I I guess it's in a way a kind of strange flip side of these beautiful very high-end smartphones that we use that that we all put them in covers and covers have become a kind of sunglasses. They're a fashion accessory. But I'm really interested in toughness, durability and a screen protector. Well, I wonder why these things, yeah, I mean, it's bizarre that these things aren't built into the designs of the devices themselves, but I guess there are a myriad third parties who are delighted that they aren't because exactly. there's a and huge and it, cottage industry around this. Exactly. Remember how it used to be called the iPod economy. If you mm. bought an iPod, you would generally, most people would buy up to a third of the value of the iPod in accessories. Yeah. And that, of course is where the great profit lies mostly for the retailers and the third party mm, manufacturers mm. you don't get much profit selling the phone but you get a lot of profit selling the accessories that go with it the headphones the covers etc mm. etc well we have seen from samsung in recent devices that they've actually included a very rudimentary but nonetheless a translucent uh basic cover um with the device yes. huawei meanwhile in some instances of its devices has gone as far as pre-installing a screen protector on them yeah i've noticed that and uh, and a cover other companies that do that i've noticed or Xiaomi as well you mm. get a, co a, a cover in the box no brainer well, which is great also because frankly it's Xiaomi uh, as excellent as we found their devices can be incredibly difficult to find accessories for I think that's gradually shifting but I know in the early days finding a third party cover uh, was was very difficult locally so yeah it's nice to have this up front I mean frankly I by and large get away with the if there's a supplied cover I'm quite happy to use that but perhaps that's because my you know because um, you're cheap my glittery no no perhaps my, my showy glittery cover days are just behind me as well <laughs> indeed Indeed, listen, speaking of innovations in the, the mobile space, we've had lots of fusses about the fact that first Apple and then other Everyone manufacturers <laughs> dropped the headphone jack. Now two cell phone manufacturers are just dropping the part, port altogether. Yeah. And they, instead of having a USB-C 
uh, port, which is very handy for charging and data and everything else. They're having none. And that's Vivo and Missouri. Yeah, they're both looking at doing these so-called portless phones, with the one exception, though, of the uh, microphones. So they still have holes uh, necessarily for the microphones. Well, another trend that I've seen about that I think is really interesting in this space is, uh, and these both of these smartphones uh, have it, is instead of having an earpiece, uh, they essentially turn the entire display into a speaker. You know, you can just use the, the whole screen surface and vibrate that and use it as a speaker. Sony's done this in some of its high-end televisions as well. And there are now rumors that LG is looking to do this uh, with the G8, which of course we're expecting to see as soon as Mobile World Congress this year. Um, so we could see no ports and uh, no earpieces. Um, what I do hope is that means perhaps more ruggedness, also better waterproofing. But yeah, you know, you're going to have to rely on fast charging, um, fast wireless charging, and be okay with not plugging it into anything. Do you think it's anything. there? Do you think fast wireless charging is there yet? It certainly is, but the problem is invariably you have to buy accessories for it. So even so, the, the recent uh, Huawei Mate 20 Pro uh, supports 15 watt wireless charging, which frankly is faster than the fast charging on an iPhone at the moment. Problem is you have to go and buy the 15 watt wireless charger in order to do it. And most of the third party wireless chargers top out at about uh, nine, uh, nine as opposed to 15 um, watts. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so let's just. I think it's. I think it's there. Yeah. I let's just it, double click on that Mate 20 Pro <laughs> <laughs> in the parlance of of management consultants circa 1997. <laughs> um, this Mate Pro. Mate 20 Pro has a really useful feature, which is reverse wireless charging. Yeah. So it's got a huge battery. I think it's 4,000 um, milliamps. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And if you have another wireless device, uh, you can use your phone to charge that device or your wire phone girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever I think, it's I think a it's fantastic hilarious. it's a brilliant feature it is brilliant but it's also it is just unabashedly as all of the cell phone manufacturers try to do with each iteration it is just the perfect like bragging rights feature yes. you know I have used it once and the once I used it was to show someone that it existed well because they I, asked I have used it twice and <laughs> I and both times to show somebody yeah, that it exists. <laughs> but listen, this Mate, the, 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 the Mate 20 Pro uh, um, is, I, I mean, the cameras are really something. I mean, they have bragging rights for the first phone to have three cameras on the back and the picture quality is sensational. If you haven't seen the photographs Craig took of London Bridge yeah, with a smartphone, you would not believe this is not a, 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 a digital SLR. It is exceptional. And I, I kind of think we live in this golden age of brilliant photographs from smartphones just mm. exceptional sure never mind what you know you can do with a mirrorless or a slightly bigger one if you're willing to commit but but absolutely and you know this is also going to be what I'm excited about this year is at least the, the main 20 Pro brought some interesting things to market. The in-touch display, I mean, it wasn't the first, but it was the first sort of readily consumer available one. Uh, the long-lasting battery, the reverse charging, the triple camera setup. And so what's great about this is that it set the bar. And now Samsung with the S10 is going to have to try and outdo this. Apple with its uh, iPhone, whatever it's going to be called, is going to have to outdo this. And so perhaps this year will be a little more uh, exciting in the cell phone space than it's been in a couple of years. And perhaps we will look back and feel that we had Huawei to thank for that. Indeed. And well, we have a, um, uh, a an interesting proposition coming up at towards the end of the year, which is what is Apple going to do after the 10X? 
the 10 X, S, S5, S. Exactly. So now 10 is the, is it 10 one, like the Ro- the Roman numeral way? Are we going to go for the iPhone 11? Yeah. Are we going to go, you know, Huawei went from, Huawei went from the, yeah, Huawei went from the P10 to straight to the P20. What are we going to do? We have a, we have a naming convention <laughs> conundrum, Craig. I think, I, I think we need to start uh, thinking through scenarios of how to help out here. Well, of course, in Apple's way, they of course would not be ashamed to perhaps just turn around and call it the iPhone like they did with the iPad. You know? Oh, do you remember that? We reached the iPad the 4 or iPad. something and then we switched back to iPad Air. Then we went to just the iPad. Um, as you know, I mean, obfuscation is the name of the game in tech. So, uh, you know, if, if you're expecting them to make it simpler, I'm afraid I suspect we're in for disappointment. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So uh, some other interesting news is that some of the car manufacturers are starting to integrate CarPlay and Android Auto mm. uh, very cleverly. So Android Auto is really just about just arrived in the country. Um, there's been a bunch of car makers that have had it supported in terms of the software, um, manufacturers like BMW, but uh, they haven't actually, uh, it, it hasn't been uh, rolled out broadly. So they've had it installed, but you haven't been able to turn it on because you haven't been able to download the app here. Now, of course, this is, is actually legitimately available. And the news this week that prompted us to think about this was Mazda rolling out CarPlay and Android Auto via a retrofit, unfortunately. So as opposed to just being able to turn it on or download the app, if you drive a recent Mazda, and it's quite a range of them, it's uh, from the CX SUV range uh, down to the sedans, you can get support for Android uh, Auto and Apple CarPlay, but you're going to have to pop into a Mazda dealership and it's going to cost you around 2,700 Rand. So depending how uh, attached you are to this idea, I guess, you know, cars are not things we upgrade that often, or at least folk like us don't. And so, you know, if you're expecting to have your car for another five to 10 years, then uh, that may well be worth the expense. Alternatively, of course, if you drive some sort of luxury and perhaps German sedan, uh, you may find that you have this feature already. And, you know, anything that keeps our eyes on the road and our hands off our phones uh, is to be lauded. So yeah, if you've got a Mazda um, and you're interested in this, contact your local dealership and you can go and get that retrofitted. I mean, I, I really do like the idea of a, a a way to integrate your phone with your car, which is more than just Bluetooth. It's more than just copying your contacts. It's mm. more, you know, and I, and I just don't think we're there yet. We're going to see, we're going to see a few iterations of this combination of your device with mm. your car before it gets to probably just about in time for autonomous vehicles to arrive and <laughs> us to actually stop doing <laughs> the driving ourselves. Well, I mean, the, best, the weirdest bit is that, you know, cars and cars and phones uh, development cycles run on just completely different timelines. You know, cars run years in advance. By the time they come to market, they've got to be in the market for years, whereas cell phones are, you know, upgraded every year. And so what I like about Android Auto and Apple CarPlay in particular is that it seems to make a lot of sense for the car manufacturers to sit back and essentially outsource the upgrade cycle in this department to the phone manufacturers, you know, make the car support these protocols, make the car connect to phones, and then you can leave the consumers to upgrade their phones accordingly and not worry about the cars. I mean, what it continues to be mystifying is how many, even luxury cars have the most awful user interfaces and physical dials, you know, touchscreens. We've agreed, go the Tesla mode. Well, there we go. You can hear my small child <laughs> in the background asking uh, uh, for attention. So that's where we're going to leave it. Thanks for joining the Stuff Podcast. I'm Toby Shapshak, and that's Craig Wilson. 